Hey, I'm JR from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast, exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world, and beer. Lots of beer. 18 Over Par is proudly presented by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Pulling up to the clubhouse in a ride that looks half as good as your golf attire just isn't cutting it. It's time to improve your ride and your drive. You can purchase a new or used vehicle from Jamie Wilkie at the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park and the former Manitoba Amateur Champ will take you for a round at Breezy Bend. So now pulling up to the clubhouse won't be so damn embarrassing and neither will your golf game. You can book your test drive today at winnipegdodge.com. Just ask for Jamie Wilkie. You can also check him out on episode two of the 18 Over Par podcast. He'll certainly be happy to see you. You can also find them on social media, so make sure you improve your ride and your drive, and the only place to do that, the new Winnipeg Dodge. They're different. You can check them out, winnipegdodge.com. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly driven by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today... We're joined by Jeff Hamilton, award-winning sports journalist for the Winnipeg Free Press. He golfs, he plays in numerous beer leagues in the city, from softball to hockey, and he loves shawarma. All right, so we've been trying to get this guy on for a while. He's a bit of a dick, but he decided that he would join us this week. So uh, we really appreciate him taking the time and coming on and joining us. And I want to give a shout-out to Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. You can check both Wilkie and the rest of the staff at winnipegdodge.com. And what's really cool, so last week, Billy Hainala got a 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee black one. And then this past week, Brennan Dillon, newly Winnipeg Jet, he got himself a 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee in white. So Wilkie's oh, just slinging the cars, yeah, to the to the Jets. And uh, this guy's and, slinging cakes to the Jets. That would be the Nick and Nikki group of DQs. And Jeff, we're going to hook you up with a DQ cake. And uh, we'll touch on your, your favorite DQ Blizzard a little bit later on in the show because I know you're an ice cream fanatic. And you can check out the Nick and Nikki group all over Manitoba. Well, at least in southern Manitoba. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the Food Court. DQ Niverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. So first off, I've always known you as Jay Ham or Hammy, but now I think you're more known as Hammer. So where did that come from? You know, it's funny you bring that up. Um, first of all, great to be on, boys. I don't know. I don't know if you called me a name in the first sentence. It just went on to do intros. Like, like you know, like we're we're off mic here, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm just gonna lead in here." It calls me a dick within what the first five words of his thing, and now now we got to talk about my nickname. Yes. No, okay. First of all, great to be on. Never pushed you off. I was a, more of a mentor before a guest. It's, true. it's, true. it's an honor to be on. It's an honor to be on, but. Uh, it's funny you say that because I mean, obviously like I know you guys through my, you know, before I was in media and then when I got into media and I started doing particularly radio, 
they would just give me the name. Obviously, my last name's Hamilton. So it was like it was Hustler. And you've had Hustler mm-hmm. on, on one of your episodes. Yep. I'm 100 percent sure it was him that kind of called me Hammer. And, and you know, it kind of was turned into Hammer time sometimes when they, <laughs> you know, do this. It's, you know, it's funny because even some of my buddies, like even some of my buddies in the media, like they'll call me Hammer sometimes. And it kind of throws me off because I still don't have like because you guys, like you said, it's it's Jay Hammer, it's Hammy. Um, or Jeff. <laughs> so adding a fourth, having a fourth name to the mix, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's, you know, I don't hate it, but at the same time, I just, I guess I haven't fully embraced it. That's a lot to pay attention to, you know, you gotta, you gotta listen for, for all those different names. If, if somebody is addressing you. And, and massive reputation to live up to. I mean, hammer, <laughs> hammer time. I mean, that's, there's, you know, there's some, you know, don't put that on me, you know, right. so, but you know, at the, same, you know at, at the end of the day, what it is, is just, you know, it's, it's a fun name. It's a fun radio name. I love Huss when he calls me it, you know, it, it, you know, people seem to like it and whatever it's stuck. It's stuck and, on social media. And the, the chat on the, uh, Winnipeg sports talk blows up when you, when you come on and hammer time, hammer time. And well, that's what I was going to say. And I love that. that. That's what I love about the, the, you know, the group. Cause it started with, you know, it's, it's in, it's, it's doing those things. And then it's also doing like the Kenny and Rennie show and, and just this whole like movement to YouTube having like fans live chat. I never get to, I never get to watch it. Um, live. So like, I, you know, I'm not ignoring those comments or whatever, but, um, but when you watch them on YouTube, it's great to see, you know, like when I jump on there, it's great to interact. It's yeah. Yeah. Not not to get, not to get too far off track here, but there is someone named Hef Jamilton, I'm pretty sure. And uh, they're always uh, very, very big fan of yours, I think. So no idea who it is. I don't know if it, you know, but love. I thought it might be you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, not going to, uh, yeah. And, and if it was, I wouldn't tell you. So, but no, it's, uh, yeah, I don't even know if it's a, I'm assuming it's a guy, but I don't even have those facts, but it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny how, uh, he pops on every time I'm on and shout uh, out to half Jamilton. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to half Jamilton. <laughs> it's, it's probably you guys, isn't it? Yeah. It's probably, Levy. it's probably Levy from a, a couple yeah. episodes we've had him yeah. on here and I know yeah. you were, you were giving him the gear. Yeah, that would make sense as far as the time he doesn't work. Eh? So, <laughs> true <laughs> um all right well, well let's let's get into a, a little bit of golf stuff and uh we're, we're an open book here we like talking with the uh, hackers and slashers pros otherwise i mean mike and i we've talked about our struggles with the game of golf and 18 over par is an apt title for both of us because if we do end up with 18 over par at the end of a round we're quite happy um, but you're, yourself i guess was it more recently that you got into the game of golf I would say like through COVID over the last couple of years, I just started to care more about it. Okay. You know what I mean? And, 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 and so like, what I mean by that is, you know, I haven't, my, my interest and my alcohol, my, my alcohol intake hasn't <laughs> increased by whole 15 or, you know, but in 16 and my interest decreased, uh, you know, at the, at the exact same time, um, I take it more seriously. I take it every shot. Cause I try to be a bit better. Cause it's like, you know, it's kind of one of those frustrating things. I, the, the reality is, is I never grew up playing golf. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really start playing golf 
um, probably until after high school. And, you know, and it was one of those like, and it's not, that's not to say I've never played the game, like, you know, before that, but I just didn't ever like, you know, would be one round a year if that. And so like, yeah, I mean, uh, as far as interest, it just became one of those things where like, you kind of have to be, it's kind of business on the course too. Right. And for a long time, it was like, if I'm, you know, I, I could get by, but you know, if, if I'm going to take people out and stuff, I should be at least, you know, serviceable. And as obviously, as you guys know, I'm a, na- I'm a, nat- I'm a natural athlete. So, you know, figuring it out, isn't the problem. It's just getting that consistent enough game to, uh, you know, but the thing I think I really focused on in the last couple of years, and this is massive in my opinion, is that, you know, I'll go out and play friends and, you know, guys that are, that play a lot you know, more regular. And I'm not trying to be, a, I'm not trying to claim to be a world beater or anything, but I, but I'll beat, you know, I'll beat some friends that play way more, way more than me. And, you know, and some that play a bit more than me, whatever, because I really focus on my short game. So like mm-hmm. my, my chipping is improved, my putting dramatically. So like though, when I say more like taking the time, I'd say that's where, you know, I'm trying to figure my drive out, but it's that part of the game where, you know, I'm two putting and other people are three putting consistently. Those, those strokes add up at the end when you, when you collect the scores. That's where the money is made. Both Mike and I know that. Mm-hmm. And I even this past yeah. year working on the short game, I spent some time with Colwyn Abgrill at Niaqua. And uh, he helped me out a bunch, but you can also check him out at, uh, at Golf Tech. And I do want to say that we are on Zoom. And if you do hear some rattling or some drinking in the background, it's because everyone mm. is heavily drinking for this episode. So feel free to join us as long as you're not uh, in the car right now and uh, par- party along with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like on the golf course. <laughs> on the short game aspect, I just uh, I, I spent a lot of money recently on a, on a putter at the beginning of the season. And uh Long story short, it it didn't help my putting very much, but it it looks really nice in the bag. (laughs) And a lot is not a relative term. Like it is, it is a lot for a putter. Yeah, but Jeff J Ham Hammer wanted to get into. You said you didn't you didn't start you know golfing until a little bit after high school, but I want to get into you. you, I know that you worked in the industry. Did you not work Mm -hmm. at Glendale Golf and Country Club? What did you do there and how old were you when you worked there? So it would have been high school. I wonder, was I grade 10? Grade 10, I think. I, I, I don't think I was in grade nine because I think I worked at BP in grade nine. Um, but yeah, no, I ended up getting the job. I worked in, I worked in the shoe shine department <laughs> of Glendale. It was the most ridiculous job, but the best job ever. It was like, I mean, I don't even really know how to explain it and to keep it kind of like PG a little bit more, but uh, you know, that's a, you know, that's well, a bad, uh, what could you be doing with well, shoes? <laughs> so, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, not much. It wasn't the shoe thing. So we were like, it was so funny because Bryn, as you guys, you know, you know, Bryn mm-hmm. Hyrett, none of your listeners will, cause that name probably doesn't ring a bell to anybody who's listening to golf or sports or anything. Right. So <laughs> just kidding, Brad, if you're listening, unless they're buying helicopters. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, no, no. So like, so Bryn was a good buddy of mine is a good buddy of mine. And so, you know, he, he had the job first and I forget who left as well as Nick Thorrington and you guys oh, know yeah. big Nick T now, not formerly big Nick T now known as slim Nick T. Um, <laughs> you know, he was working there too. And he was a really good friend of mine as well. So it was like, it was the perfect job. Ultimately what we did was it's kind of this weird thing. And I I haven't seen it anywhere else. And I've been to private clubs, um, you know, plenty, 
it's like, it was this weird thing where what the golfers would do is they drop their shoes off and there would be like a polish thing. You take this, like, look like a marker. Like every time I applied this thing, it was so funny. I thought it was ruining these shoes because it looked, it felt like paint. It was like, I guess if they had Nicks, <laughs> they would have this thing. So we, that was part of the job. And, and sorry, were, the, were these, uh, were these golf shoes or like dress shoes? No golf shoes. Okay. Like the okay. Golf shoes. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Like they would bang them out and uh, like rub them, like, you know, like get the you know dirt off, whatever, bring them in. And we were like essentially to spruce them up. So when they, right, it, was, right. it almost kind of felt like a little bit of like a luxury thing, like, yeah. and not everyone did it. So, but, so that wasn't our own, our own responsibility. We also, you know, we just, we, we kind of took care of anything that, you know, any members needed in that part, right. Because there was the pro shop and then there was like the locker room and there's a huge locker room. So, you know, so they, so they would, uh, you know, we were kind of the, the, the point people there and beside us was tennis. So the tennis, like that's where the tennis courts were. And so we were friends with them. And I said the PG one, because, um, you know, uh, there's two, we work with two girls that were in our grade two that were super cute or whatever. I won't say their names, but like, uh, you know, who you, you know, are. They, you know who you are. Yeah. So like, you know, it was just a great group of people. I love the job. I love the job. So it was, uh, nice. yeah. yeah. Sounds was, fun. Uh, did you get to golf? I guess you weren't really interested in golfing, but so that you- was the thing I got, like I golfed once there mm-hmm. once, um, but loved the course in the sense. So one of the jobs too, we take the carts out and we'd roll through the, you know, the course or whatever and, and whatnot. And so like, you know, I, I got to know the course pretty well. I just never got to know it from a playing perspective. <laughs> so you'd be a great caddy, is what you're telling me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'd be a great, like if I, you know, and you know, my abilities to research and my background with work, you know, I, I could be a good tour guide, you know, I'd go seriously with it. I'd be like, Hey, if you don't, if you just want to know a bit more about this place, I can tell you aesthetically and historically. <laughs> Nice. I think I'm gonna have to write that one down aesthetically and historically. Yeah, exactly. You can take that one to the bank there. (laughs) And I will. And you you are you are uh, dressed up in your Carlton Ravens half zip. And so what? It's a half zip, half zip hoodie. Oh wow, hoodie like it's got a, a pouch but no hood. And did you have to buy that, or did that come with tuition? No, I bought that. So I bought that. I was in Ottawa a couple of weeks ago and I stopped by the Carlton uh, store, Raven store or the bookstore or whatever at the university. I stepped in there and saw some nice. Costs. And then I stopped by, I always get one article of clothing every year and I didn't get one in 2020, obviously because mm-hmm. COVID. So I wasn't out there, but when I was in Toronto for the bomber game, the other couple of weeks, and then mm-hmm. I met up with the boys in Montreal for the bachelor party in between. I stopped in Ottawa. The bachelor party was in Montreal. Sorry, finished that sentence. And then, uh, I, I, I picked this, this baby up Yeah, it is. and red nice. shorts. And red basketball shorts, because if you know anything about Carlton, the basketball team kick ass and the journalism's even better. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did even in Montreal, we talked about that a bit because when I was on the yeah. East Coast, they always used to have the CIS championships, or at least for a few years, they always had that out there. And when I was with the radio station, yeah. we'd always get uh, passes. So we get VIP passes. We'd be sitting front row and every year Carlton Ravens would win it. It was clockwork because you could take it to the bank. I wish you, I'm sure you probably could have bet on it somewhere. But if I yeah. could, it would have been. Yeah, I don't know. Win. They would have been heavy, heavy favorites, though. I think yeah, they won true. like yeah. I, they won all four years I was there, uh, like national titles. I think I want. I don't know if I'm right on this, but I want to say ten in a row. Like I want to say like or eight or nine out of that was 10. huge. Yeah, there was a long stretch it. where they. It was just in, yeah, it was insanity. In football or basketball? 
fastballs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. A football program of football. came back a few years ago. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I've, I've heard of that. Like football, but like nothing like football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, on on that point, what what made you decide to go to Carlton? Um. So I. Uh, I have a funny story, man, about getting into journalism school. Uh, I, uh, I, I wanted to go to Carleton for journalism school, but the problem was, is that you needed to have, no, I wasn't good (laughs) academically. Like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good. No, I wasn't good. And I didn't have an average of 93. My, I was off by about 35% (laughs) in my, in my high school. Anyone who knew me in high school knew I was smart, but knew I didn't, didn't give it, you know, whatever. And so I couldn't get in. So I wanted to go to Carleton for the school. So I went and I went to, I started at film studies and then I transferred in the second year. Wow. I transferred in the second year based on my grades out of the first year. And, uh, yeah, so I ended up getting straight A's my first year and then transferred in my second year. And I wanted to go there because the program was considered really good. Um, and probably mostly because I had a ton of family there. My, my dad has four brothers and, um, and, and my grandparents were out there for a bit. Um, and so, yeah, like, so it was just kind of an easy, three of those brothers live in, in Ottawa area. So it was, uh, yeah, that, it was career, career driven. And, and now was journalism something you always wanted to go into, or at what point did you decide that you wanted to go into journalism? So it's funny you say that I never read the paper growing up, you know, like I, I, I sorry, that's a lie. I used to take the paper to the school, to school every day. Like when I was like grade three, four or five and whatever, and we'd bring the hockey stats yeah, yeah. and we count. That's how we did fantasy. Right. Right. That's how we did fantasy back then. We'd show up, we'd have pools and every morning we'd have the sheet out and we'd go through every single goal and yeah. you had to read, you know, last names and they'd have the assists or whatever. And that's how we tally them up. So we had, I, I, I was always with a family that had the paper. But I, when I thought about journalism, um, was when I finished Canucks, St. James Canucks and was just like, I can't be a plumber. I can't be a carpenter. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a trades guy or whatever. What am I going to do? And I equated journalism essentially to TSN. I thought to myself, okay, I watched TSN twice through every morning for 10 years. That's a job I think I'd want to do. And so I equated kind of journalism with broad, what I turned up, what I'd figure out with the, you know, the actual thing is broadcasting, which is a element of journalism. But, um, that was kind of my interest. So like, you know, I don't even know, I don't even know if, you know, I would have known what journalism was, but I don't know if I would have, if I would have Googled journalism schools or, or just kind of been like, I want to be a TSN reporter. Right. And like, <laughs> this is what popped up, but that was ultimately how I got thinking about it. And then that got me onto journalism schools. And then, then I started, then I started getting a little bit more focused in, you know, right. what it was and whatever. Yeah. And it, and it might not have even been Google at that point. It might've been AOL or all the stuff. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Might have, yeah. Yeah. It might've been asked Jeeves, man. Man, I might have been. I might have been. I might have been getting the sticky pad guy to help me out on this one. You know, like would have pumped in there and it would have been just kind of HTML text and then would have pumped out. No, whether it was Google or not, there was a search engine. This, you will recall this was 2008. Let's not age you. Okay, okay, okay. It seems like forever ago. Oh my God! And it was. It was. I remember being in journalism school and taking a class 
on Twitter. So it was, <laughs> it was that long ago. He spent a whole two hours talking about this new app. I still don't know anything about Twitter. <laughs> I just know it's an angry place to be. Oh, yeah. That's true. There's a lot of venom on Twitter. Here's a friendly place that we like to think that this is a safe place. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. I, no, I, feel uh, nice. I mean, Ottawa, I want to get into Ottawa a little bit. I mean, it seems like a fun town. I've never really been to Ottawa. And uh, reading never your. Been. You've never, never been, been in. Never been. I know. I've never you want been. Want me to, to give Canada's you my little capital. sales pitch right here? You want me to give you my Ottawa <laughs> yeah. sales pitch? Because would, would I love, love to. Ottawa. I'd love, love to. Ottawa. Let's hear it. So the way I describe it is, it's it's Winnipeg but cleaner, <laughs> and and what I mean by that is a <laughs> like couple different things. Thing. Except well, for maybe no, Rich yeah. Well, mine is Hamilton. If you've ever been to Hamilton, it's pretty bad. Guys. Here's the thing about Hamilton. When I, I used to like tell people, I used to tell people like if it was a hotel or airplanes, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they ask you for your name. I'd go, my name's Jeff Hamilton, like the city, you know, for spelling, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Then I went to Hamilton and I was like, I got to stop telling people it's like the city, you know? So now I go, Jeff. Hamilton liked the musical, right? You know? yeah. So now it's just like that Hamilton, that kind of Broadway show is cool. Hamilton, mm-hmm. the city. I tell you guys, yeah. you get in and out of there if you go there. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> back you. to what I was. I don't even remember what we Ottawa. were. What Ottawa, Ottawa, Ottawa. Ottawa. <laughs> right? My sales pitch. But see, like that's the power. Ham, that's the power Hamilton has over you. It makes you forget a beautiful place like Ottawa. Like, I've Ottawa. never seen Hamilton either. Right? Like yeah. I've never seen the play. Anyways, Ottawa. Yeah. Well, there you go. You got to do that one, not the other one. So yeah. So Ottawa. You know what? It, it, it's it's like it's government town, right? So like everything gets done quicker. It's it's got like you know it's um you know the the roads are cleared from snow like you know right away for the most part everything is just kind of pristine because people from all over the world visit ottawa to do business right and whatnot so like it's it's it just looks nice it's put together why it's like winnipeg easy to get around great place to raise a family kind of all those things and just i don't know i just there's so many things about the city that are just things are happening. feels like even like, you know, like you be like, I mentioned the parliament stuff thing, you know, things are getting done. It's got a great, it doesn't have a great nightlife, but it's got a great food scene. And, but it's got a, mm. you know, if you've never been to Ottawa, you know, anyone who's ever visited, if you're asked them about, they will tell you about the Byward market. And that's yeah. essentially like downtown kind of square um, parliament's kind of borders on it, on the uh, probably what would be the East side on one side. And it's kind of like, just kind of, it's just blocks on blocks of, restaurants, small businesses, mm-hmm. big businesses, yada, yada. Like it's just, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun in that regard. They have the nickname, the city that has no fun because of like government and everything. But, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I fell in love with it when I was there and it's just one of those places that if you haven't been, it's worth going to there. And another place I lived is Halifax. I put those up in the, you know, two of the top two cities in the, in the country. And I've, you know, I visit a lot of places, um, covering the bombers. I visit, you know, all, all those big cities across Canada every year. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I'd put Ottawa up there. Yeah. Was Ottawa the place you were getting late night shawarma? Because I did read your Winnipeg free press bio, even though I've <laughs> known you for whatever, 15 years now, but I don't know anything about you. So I had to read your bio. But yeah, there you go. You love shawarma. That's late night shawarma. So shawarma is like, how do I explain it? It's, I mean, anyone who doesn't know shawarma, it's like, um, like wraps right it's like afghan like kind of like wraps um you know different kind of mediterranean kind of whatever it depends on where where it is um 
but it's uh it's awesome and it's it's garlicky and it's just like you know they're just you know shawarma con yeah. here right so right. like it's that it's that stuff it's middle yes. eastern kind of you know wicked food one, one time i got two shawarma cons at one bomber game uh, in, yeah, in, totally in, worth it. So, I like, know. and here's the thing, and nothing against Shorakon because it's awesome, it's amazing, but like, in like the ones you kind of go to the hole in the wall kind of places right. in Ottawa, and they're everywhere. Authentic. And they're all, you know, speaking of the byword market, um, they're everywhere. They're like every block, you know, there are the, the, the ones that are known to be great, and everyone lines up at them at two o'clock. So it's like kind of like McDonald's if you could walk to McDonald's and McDonald's was every second store for three blocks. You know what I mean? It was like, it's like one of those things where, you know, it's the perfect food to have after a night of drinking. Um, speaking of Hamilton, I remember when I was driving, I was driving home from, from, from Ottawa, from school, coming back to Winnipeg. Ev, Ev Meineker was with me at this point, I believe. Um, yeah. And we, uh, we went to one, I remember I got extra garlic. I'll tell you what, if you're getting shawarma, like I must've had far too many drinks, probably a couple of shots mixed in that night. And I got two shawarmas and I got extra garlic on both. I don't know why I said it. Nice. I woke up and it was like coming out of my body. I was having to, you know, like, so if so anybody good. as much as great as shawarma is, do not, do not go to the extra garlic. It is not a good situation. Mm-hmm. And even for a veteran like myself who had had it for, for at that point years, um, couldn't handle it. So <laughs> garlic, garlic skid for the body. Here. Garlic's good. Garlic's good for the uh, immune system. I've been told, but yeah, good for the immune system. Horrible for the pores after a long night of drinking, uh, <laughs> and not a lot of we can hydrate. <laughs> JR, JR, JR can navigate us away from the shawarma. <laughs> Well, yeah, I can. I can. I can go yeah. back to you. You did mention that. Too. If the listeners are still, if the listeners are still here, <laughs> you know, they get like, matter. man, I'm trying to shave. I'm trying to shave my strokes off my golf game, and these guys are talking about best grease options in Ottawa. <laughs> you know, like, which I think is probably more valuable than any yeah. golf tips I could get. Oh. You get out your those who are there. Get out your pad and right. You're shaving strokes. So you're shaving meat off of a yeah. spit into a pita. <laughs> There you go. Anyway, JR, rescue us. Yeah, now. No, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we were talking to Bobby Yule and she likes to, she likes to have down a Subway sandwich on the course, like a six inch. So you got to stay, you know, satiated while you're on the course, especially if you may are, are having a few libations. So we can bring back to that. But then also with your athletic prowess, uh, you were quite the hockey player and soccer player growing up. So no wonder you, you're able to pick up golf quite easily. But uh, was it soccer or was hockey kind of your first love for sport? So hockey was always my first love for sport. I was a better soccer player. Like, um, you know, growing up playing soccer, like, you know, we, you know, my Bryce and I, Bryce, my twin brother, we were, uh, we were probably the two best soccer players in the province at our age. You know, we won, we won the championships in St. James every year. Um, we decided to quit one year because we were going to do something else. And we did And we came back the next year and we're like, ah, oh, that was just a year off. And we won it again. And in that, in that leap year that we took off, we went to a tournament and joined the younger guy, younger team. And then they joined the two years because us, quitting like i guess there was a bit of a, it was like a high school thing so like i think a couple teams folded so they mixed both ages together and my brother and i and, and two other people um joined the younger team and we won it again that year so we came back that season and then so we, we i played for i t- played for team manitoba i put me and bryce were in the national training um 
center group. So like, you know, we were, oh. we were part of that. And, uh, and then it was just like, it was just, it got boring, you know? And, and I, and it's funny because I look at like, you know, I think, I think, you know, I'm only five, eight, so I'm not a big guy. You know, I think it would have caught up to me later on or whatever, but like, I look at some of the, I look at some of the soccer that's been developed since, you know, my time. And you look at like, you know, and I mean, it, I mean, I, this isn't like a, Oh, I wish that this was the case because before that it was even worse. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, but you look at the programs now and like, you know, they got, they got school programs. It just, it got to a point where soccer got boring. It felt like there was nowhere else to go. You know, we were, we were just winning became easy and whatever. And I know it sounds like whatever, but hockey was my true passion because I was, a, you know, I was a lunatic on the edge. That was like, my, I was like my, you know, like I, you know, I had talent in the sense of I could score and, you know, I was, you know, I was, I was good in that regard for the level I, you know, for the level I played. Um, but it was just, it was just an opportunity for me to be kind of a completely different human being. And, you know, and just, you know, it was just that physicality and that, you know, that stuff, like you don't get that in soccer and, you know, the team, the team aspects there too, on both sides, it wasn't like, I'm going to say my soccer teammates were, you know, worse than my hockey, but, um, um, it just, I got to a point where I think I was 15 years old and my soccer coach at the time, um, sat me down and said, you, uh, you know, you need to kind of choose one sport. Like at that point, like it was kind of getting to where it is, you know, obviously is today where you need to play the same sport, you know, all seasons from pretty much age of eight where it's competitive. Right. So at that point it wasn't, that wasn't kind of in there. You could flirt with both, but the idea of playing one single sport was certainly gaining momentum. And my coach, my soccer coach took me out and, and sat me down at McDonald's and was just saying, Hey, you know, like I said, you got to kind of pick one right now, but was ultimately saying like soccer's the way you should go. You know, like this is, you know, like this is, this is, you know, opportunity, whether it be university, you know, whether it be collegiate, whether it be something, you know, so I ended up, uh, you know, and like I said, the level leaving that, like my brother, my, and that was, that was interesting because my brother quit hockey. So he ended up playing soccer and I ended up playing hockey. And that was probably the first time that we, we kind of did different things. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, you know, he was, I think, I guess, I don't want to say I was uninspired. I just think it was like, okay, well, if you're saying that this isn't going to go further for me as soccer, if I don't fully commit to it, then I guess I'm out, you know, and that had been in around the time that I had missed that year and kind of come back and whatever. So like my, my interest in there, you know, had, had, had wavered. Whereas with hockey, it was pretty much consistent throughout. Like I was all about hockey come hockey season. And, um, you know, I would, you know, whether, you know, I'm not, you know, I only played St. James Canucks, but I, you know, I, I would say this about the style of player I was, was I brought it every single night. You know, I never, I never really took a shift off. So that's how much I love the game. And you also played some high school hockey as well with the uh, Silver Heights Collegiate. Now, uh, I don't know if it's like an old folks place or whatever it is, but they got a bunch of like condos. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a yeah yeah. It's, I actually have a buddy who owns a condo there, so it's not it's not uh, it's not it's not elderly living or anything like that. But it, it is a unique it is a unique kind of like plot of real estate because there's two towers and then there's like houses that line the fence around them. Right. So it's like a small community of of homes you know, but also <laughs> two massive kind of like, you know, I think five or six stories at least, uh, yeah, probably four or five stories of, uh, of condos. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting setup where, where we all used to go to school. Yeah. No longer there. 
<laughs> no longer there. Yeah. Rest in peace, Silver Heights. <laughs> no longer there, but it seems like, well, go ahead, George. No, no, you, you go on. I wasn't going anywhere. Okay. All right. Well then I'll, uh, I'll revert it back then to, to play, to play in junior hockey. So was that just something that was kind of the next step for you? Were you kind of in that middle ground where you're like, "Ah, I don't really know what I want to do with my life yet. So I'm just going to play hockey. Honestly, that was four years of like, delaying my future (laughs) more or less and you know i look at it it's so funny because like i look at those years and they were such they were such good times but as i you know i kind of touched on earlier my grades weren't great so it wasn't like i had this opportunity of like scholarships and like as as smart as i you know kind of knew that i was capable of being um you know it was kind of a weird time for me in that i just kind of just delayed life i bartended at earl's for for years uh, was making mad money and just was, you know, and I don't regret the, when I say delayed my future, it's certainly true because, you know, starting university at 18 and particularly if you had ridden the momentum of high school, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if I have kids, I will, I will change the course of what the, you know, what their father did, um, <laughs> by helping them, you know, making sure it's a priority. But at the same time, you know, it, it, I realized like, particularly in my industry, you know, and like in journalism, I don't know if it would have made sense for me to graduate, have graduated at 22 years old, because I look at like, you know, I look at newsrooms today and don't get me wrong. They're there. And we even have some of the Winnipeg free press that are 23, 24 years old, but we, there's not a lot. And so like, you know, for me, like going to school at 22, being kind of mature, getting those years behind me. Cause I don't regret those years. Those years were some of the funnest of my life. Um, but being kind of like more serious to go to school rather than just kind of dabbling in courses and, and, you know, playing hockey, but you know, you summed it up. Like it, it ultimately was, well, just play hockey for four years. That's <laughs> you know, all, you know, and, and, you know, and work. So awesome. But I'm glad it worked out. So kind of circling back and uh, I don't like to use the term circling back, but I'm going to use the term circling back into sports journalism. When you actually started out, I believe, didn't you start covering like amateur golf here in this province? Well, I started, I, so I'd worked at CBC in my lot in Ottawa oh, okay. in my final year. And, um, yeah, I ended up getting a, uh, an opportunity to, to do work with CBC out in Ottawa with a, with a, for a documentary. I ended up winning a national award on, and that kind of mm. kicked off my career at CBC. Uh, but I had a, I had a girlfriend in Winnipeg at the time. And, um, there was an internship in 2012. They have a sports internship at the Winnipeg free press and all you cover for three months is sports. So when you get there, you're not covering, uh, you're not covering the bombers because there's actual reporters that, you know, that are there full time to do that. And you're not, and, and at that point the jets were back, obviously it was summer, but there's still jet stuff. You're not covering that. Um, so you're doing a lot of amateur stuff. So that year I did a lot of like high school. Like I remember, man, I remember my first day as an intern. Um, <laughs> I covered a high school, a high school track and field meet. Like I don't wow. like I went to those. Yeah. I don't remember them yeah. being. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, like maybe we were. Or if there was, they weren't no. talking to me. I guess I don't know. Whatever. But I don't remember there being a presence um, at these things. But I went and did that, and that was my first day. And I remember I went out and I was feeling really good about myself. I think I filed like three stories. Um, not big ones, just three stories from, from events there. Talk to people. It was, it was actually pretty fun. Um, 
and then I and then I went out for dinner at the keg. I remember this on uh, what's that one out by Keniston? Anyways, the one on one one by yeah, one, McGilvery, one off. I think. McGilvery, yeah. that's it exactly. So I went there for dinner, and I get a call, and it's like I at this point I had saved the sports desk, um, editor's desk. Um, as WFP sports in my phone and this thing pops up. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's my editor. Maybe it's the night editor who's looking at my story, whatever he called. He, I pick up the phone and I go, hello. And there's like a pause. And he goes, he goes, where, where the fuck is your sidebar? <laughs> and I go, excuse me. I go, who is this? I go, this is blah, blah, blah. I won't say his name because he's a friend of mine. He goes, where the hell is your sidebar? And I go, what sidebar? And I guess there was a miscommunication between me and my editor with sidebar is like a side story or a note uh, or, or a sidebar of notes. So what they, what he thought he was getting was observations from me from this track and field meet where I just put some results. Right. So it was a miscommunication. <laughs> and this guy was late. I never met the night sports editor. I never met him once this is my first introduction to him he's swearing at me on the phone on day one <laughs> first assignment so that humbled me pretty quickly and so i literally got off i said yeah no problem i got off the phone and for the next seven minutes ten minutes i literally thought about the track and field meet and made some observations and typed them out and sent them in an email so that was yeah but like at the nice. end of the day, with that whole the whole few months, I did get to cover a bit of bombers. I remember I got to go to a game. I didn't write the main story, but got to kind of cover them for a little bit. Um, but it was mostly just like track and field meets, golf, amateur golf. I got to do a bunch. So that was one of the that was one of the cool things is that I got to go to like a lot of these like you know um, these amateur championships, yeah. right? Like some like a lot of like the locals, right? Like you know you end up meeting like a lot of different guys who who are on the circuits, like the Justin McDonald and like right. you know there's a bunch of guys from you know guys i played hockey against that i was now covering and you know like they're just really you know they're good golfers in these kind of like you know representing in their respective you know whatever so i got to go to a bunch of these so i got to walk a lot of the courses and i got to you know got to kind of see watch guys and see how they approach the game and you know it was kind of interesting too because i was a little nervous to cover golf because i didn't really you know i didn't know like how do i follow these guys like am i gonna walk like do i pick two guys and walk with them do I, you know, do I write off the scoreboard? Do I write off of like, and the reality is, is, you know, you, you kind of see who's, who's kind of in the leaderboard. You kind of follow everybody on day one. And then when they kind of sort themselves out, you end up kind of following the leaders now. And if they fumble, then you talk about them fumbling and then you comment about the guy coming up and then you follow that guy. And then at the end, you're just waiting at the final round. It's usually down to one or two guys and you're following them for four, for four or five holes. So like that year, I probably did. I probably did about 15 to 20 golf tournaments in the, in the province. So, you know, so I got to cover like a fair amount of, you know, a fair amount of golf. So yeah, I, I stumbled upon one of your articles doing research for this podcast. Like, and it was probably from you know eight years ago on on one of the. Amateurs. I've done a little bit. I've done a little bit of golf, very little, but a little bit since I got hired in 2015. So it's possible it would have been more recent and not my intern. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just waiting for the sidebar and the free for this show. That's all. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can sway, uh, sway my editor to give uh, this this rising uh, podcast. It's it, it, it's due respect, you know. Absolutely, yeah, thank you. you know, absolutely, you know, he might, he might, you know, yeah. We'll see. I'll I'll I'll, I'll pitch it to him. We'll see. Uh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> oh man, but I guess for you then, was that a good way to jump into? the industry covering golf or just just covering kind of the amateur events well here's the thing like it was yeah like i feel like it's um yeah because i think some like i remember you know and i know we're going to get into jets and bombers and stuff but like it's a little bit more human in the sense of um but it's also more challenging right because professional athletes are are prepared Right. Like they kind of know what to talk, like they know what to talk about. Yada, okay, yada, yada. Sometimes like prepared for, for going out to play. But I was like, I think I prepared. No, 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 prepared. No, no, no. <laughs> prepared and, 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 and comfortable with media. Whereas you don't really know what you're getting in some of the amateur. Right. So you have to do a little bit of work on getting a guy. Cause you know, you ask a guy a question and you know, a pro athlete and he's going to give you a bit of a response, you know, it might not be super long, but it's going to be look. sometimes you ask, you know, just a regular guy and be like, how, Hey, what'd you think you're around? Oh yeah. I thought it was good okay well great well how good did you think it was <laughs> you know I mean? like you're pretty you're wow you're pretty confident like where, where, where do you feel where do you feel you yeah. justify backing those massive comments up you know what i mean so you kind of and i've always had that kind of approach where you know i feel like i'm just having conversations with people so i love doing that and one of the, the closest kind of sport i don't do a lot of it um but the closest kind of pro sport if you will that have kind of those personalities that you'd get kind of just from everyday people or, or whatever right um is curling so like you can kind of talk to people like that right like you just kind of you try to get stuff out of them so i find that if there aren't a pro athlete, i'm not saying all pro athletes sing when it comes to, to providing quotes because they certainly don't so there's people you do need to work on even at those ranks but i find that you know those kind of levels, like covering kind of Manitoba amateur golf tournaments and talking to those winners, they might not be comfortable um, talking to media, but it's kind of your job to make them comfortable. So in that respect, I think it was a good way to kind of get into, you know, the industry and just kind of get your feet wet as far as like interviewing people and like, you know, cause you're not going to sound great early on, right? Like you're going to sound like a moron. You're going to learn, you're going to get better stuff like that. Um, I like to think that I was pretty okay at the beginning and didn't ask a lot of dumb questions, but you know, sometimes the dumbest questions elicit the best answers. So, um, that's what I've learned. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute living proof, Mike, just (laughs) living proof. Been riding that, been riding that, uh, your whole career. Yeah. For the last, my career of six months here, but, uh, Hey, we're picking up some good topics and we do have some folks who do play, whether it's guys or gals who do play the amateur circuits, who do listen to this podcast. So what are maybe some tips then from your end of like what you want to get out of these amateur athletes? Oh, like from, Oh, so like for, for my benefit, I just think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, like, I just think it, and I wouldn't say all of them are bad. It's just, sometimes they're just not, they don't really know how to handle it. I just say, just be a little bit more 
I don't know. Descriptive is the right word, but it sounds kind of like, you know, it's not like be more descriptive. It's like kind of just relax and, you know, enjoy the conversation and talk a bit about, you know, where you felt like, you know, be honest about what your round was, you know, Mm -hmm. talk it, treat it as if, and I treat it as if you're talking to your buddies, you know, like your best buddy comes up to you. How'd you, how'd you play? Oh man, I was, you know, I was crap or, or I killed it here. You know what I mean? Like the way you, the way you'd talk, you know, if there wasn't a camera in your face or a mic, you you know, by your, you know, by your mouth that you, you, you would just kind of say it the way it is, right. People tend to seem to, you know, whether they're not on stage, fright. People, there's various reasons why people aren't the greatest quotes, but ultimately, uh, you know, just kind of enjoy it, right. Have fun with it. Right. Because I think the way, you know, if, if a reporter's doing his, his or her job, you know, they're not going to make you sound like an idiot, you know, they're going to take your best quotes and they're going to work, you know, they're going to work their writing around it. So when you read it the next day, you know, you're gonna be like, Oh, wow, I actually sound pretty good. You know, that's, that's, that's the goal. So ultimately be yourself. And if yourself and being yourself is quiet, then don't be yourself to say a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> There you have it. Some good, good media coaching. Yeah, exactly. And we had uh, Brian Munns. He was on a a previous episode and he's uh, more on the broadcasting side. And so he kind of mentioned, you know, uh, his job as a broadcaster, we're going to separate broadcaster from journalists where you, you just kind of talk about what you see. Whereas journalists is a little bit different because you're trying to get a little bit more meat on those bones. So is that like what you're really trying to go? You're trying to dig a little bit deeper and get those bigger stories to maybe sell papers. Well, you know, yeah. I mean the, the whole like sell papers, like, I don't know if, if that would be like a Winnipeg free press thing. Like, you know, like, I mean, obviously you want to write stories that people enjoy and if people enjoy stories, they want, you know, it will ultimately sell papers. Just when you kind of use that phrasing, it sounds like clickbait or something or like tabloid stuff. Right. So, uh, you know, our goal is ultimately to give fans, you know, give, give fans and people who follow the team, uh, like a closer look, right? Like tell, tell, tell stories of, of the players. You, you know, it's all, it's, it's honestly separated between news features, you know, opinion columns. And like, you know, you, you know, back in the day in journalism, you kind of, you didn't just do one necessarily, but like, it, you know, columnists, like I write a lot of columns for CFL, not so much for NHL, but for CFL for sure. And, you know, for the listeners, columns are opinion pieces. So when you write one piece that has, you know, an obviously my opinion to it or my personality in it versus a news piece, you know, where it's like something happened, I'm reporting on it. You know, this is more of a strictly like, this is what you need to know. You don't need to know my opinion. I'm just telling you the information. And then there's like features and profiles, right? Whether it's like profiles on certain players and get into their personal stories, stuff like that. So it's kind of like you attack every single day of like the hockey season or the football season going, what's the best formula for today? Um, you know, what, what, what's going to fit best? Okay. If this guy's, you know, and people also like topical stuff, right? That's, that's why you kind to see and, and particularly now with zoom and you know obviously with covid and, and limited you you lose a really important part of that of that uh access that you had before covid when you could actually go in the locker room and you could grab say a blake wheeler by yourself for a few minutes for a couple of questions and it wasn't over zoom where everybody is recording and you know everybody gets and whatever um you know there, there, there's that part that makes it a bit more challenging this time around so you just have to be a bit more creative so maybe you are doing a bit more person maybe you're doing more opinionated pieces but yeah it's it's all it's ultimately what do you think is the best pro 
product. I mean, we do have, you know, we have people who are columnists, we have people who are reporters. So there are kind of lines drawn in the stand. They're blurred every once in a while, but ultimately as like, you know, a, a reporter, um, I do write opinion pieces, but I'm, I'm ultimately there to either tell someone's story or tell you and give you a better idea of what happened like news wise. Well, I got a, a quick, a, a quick hot tip for you. Your Carlton Ravens uh, hoodie half zip is bumping up against your mic. So if you want to hold your mic out a little bit more, so we can hear you a little bit better. Oh, okay. Be better? <laughs> it's breaking, breaking. That's all great, but it's your hoodie and I can hear it in my, in my earphones right now. And all I can think about is when I edit this, people are going to be like, what the hell is that? Is that better or what? It's it's like, it's in the zipper or something, but it looks great. It's a great look. Is it looking. better now? Is it better? Yeah, yeah, it was. Now, yeah. I had a question: Is it a quarter zip or is it a half zip? It's a quarter. It's a. Yeah, it's for, a quarter. I would say like maybe a, a third. It's a Q a zip. Third? Yeah, it looks like this. It's down all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we got that figured out. Okay, yeah. don't don't zip that down. But uh, <laughs> yeah, keep that zipper down. Keep that zipper. Now, uh, a question uh, you mentioned: uh, you're not allowed in the dressing rooms right now. Is that still true for uh, 2021 here, 2022 in NHL and CFL? Yeah. So we just had our uh, we just had our meetings. We have another one tomorrow, actually, heading into Jets training camp that's, that kicks off Thursday. Um, we just had meetings for them and obviously football season's on. We won't be in the dressing room football season, maybe gray cup, but I highly doubt it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the NHL is there. Yeah. We're not in the dressing room at all again. So it was talk about getting in the dressing room and, and, you know, maybe it going back to normal, um, you know, obviously there'd be, there was restrictions like report reporters and media need to be double vaccinated. Uh, we'll need to wear masks, all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would alleviate, you know, maybe some of the other concerns like distancing and, and, you know, whatever. So, um, there was kind of, there was like, we had like our own professional hockey writers association meeting. And that was like optimistic at the beginning saying, wow, we're going to be able to go back to it. And then, um, then the, then the, then the teams kind of got like, so we met with the jets, the local, media met with the jets and we, and we, uh, they talked about how like, yeah, we're going to get you in, but it's probably going to be six feet apart and yada, yada. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the next week it was the third meeting, second meeting with the jets. And it was like, yeah, sorry, we're, you're not allowed in the room. So yeah, it's, you, you, uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, would you say that, that that would affect your, your sound bites or the information you're getting from the players? Cause they're not as available to you. Uh, or you're still available to ask for every player or how does that yeah work? like yeah like so the Jets try to do their best you know in, in accommodating that um, but like you know the daily stuff like some guys like some guys seem more comfortable on Zoom like some guys seem more comfortable on, mm. on like t- you know talking on Zoom others just they don't or it's like because you know like being the, the thing about being a print reporter um, versus say a radio guy or a radio guy or a, a TV guy, um, is that like, I can kind of pull guys aside 
and ask them questions and, and, you know, like they're not on video, they're not on, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to use their, their, their voice sound for it. So I can ask them certain questions. I can ask them stuff that like, you know, they may or may not answer. I, the ones I have better relationships with, I can talk to them about certain things, maybe stuff related about like, you know, what a guy did in the league or something that happened, you know, like that, that Blackhawks stuff that's going on, for instance, like if I was in the locker room, I'd pull aside a guy aside, maybe that I, know or whatever or I have a good relationship with and say hey you know like what what do you make of this you know what I mean as like a guy who's in the NHL now you know like who's in the NHL or what has was then whatever you know what I mean like you can just have more candid conversations and you know for the guys you do have better relationship there's a trust there that you're not going to you know like you're not you're not going to like necessarily like you're looking for insight right you're not for looking sure. for quotes for so sure. like you're obviously not sidebarring a guy on on uh, on zoom <laughs> like hey man but but the access can be okay in the sense that the jets try to do like they're going to set up you know they set up one on you know i talk to guys one-on-one on the phone more and so like there is there is advantages to that for sure because that you know that happens obviously like, you don't need it to happen during the, a regular season because you can get a guy by himself in the room face to face. Right. So, you know, so the phone stuff helps, but it's yeah. certainly, no, it's certainly something sense. like being in the locker room. Right. Right. Would you say there would have been a time of, uh, you know, being starstruck at talking to these athletes? I know uh, working at true North for a small point in time and, and even walking past uh, a professional athlete in the hallway, I got, you know, a little bit starstruck and I got choked up and I just said, Hey, what's up? You know, like, and you know, it's just so awkward. I think about a few different situations, but I, I'm sure you got over that quickly if, if there even happened, but did you have to overcome that? You know, I think because of my training, um, I think a couple different things because of my training at school, knowing from like day one, you know, like that you have a job to do and yada, yada. And, you know, you try to be, you know, like you try to be unbiased, which I think is kind of ridiculous. There's bias in everything. Um, but you try to be as objective as you possibly can. And when it comes to treatment of athletes, like absolutely like, you know, you, you don't want to be like, you know, starstruck or nervous or something like that. You're like, I think you're always nervous. And I don't think that has anything like when you start, I don't think it has anything to do with being like these guys. Uh, I think it has a little bit to do that. These guys are like making their multimillionaires and like, you know, some of them are superstars, but I don't think it has anything to do with like, Oh, you're starstruck or you kind of whatever. So I didn't have any of that. Um, not once. Like, like I just, I never really viewed them as, I don't know. I just never really, you know, I tried to, I tried to view them as human and, and whatever, you know, I'm not, again, like, I'm not going to pretend like my first scrum talking to, you know, Sidney Crosby and asking him a question for the first time, I wasn't a bit nervous or was, you know, right. thinking about the question in my right. head a hundred times before I asked it, like, you yeah. know, but now yeah. it's just not at all. I mean, the other thing too, is I've been in, I've been in the industry now for, you know, close to 10 years and, you know, at 35, I'm kind of older than all the guys. So like, right. I think you kind of have to kind of put things into perspective <laughs> that like, you know, like a lot of these superstars are like 22 to 28 years old. And like, you know, yeah. like even like Blake Wheeler is like my age, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's one of those things that's like, you know, like, so as much as their, you know, as much as their income is significantly higher than mine, like they're just kind of like, you know, they're kids. And the other thing too, man, is like hockey 
players are kids. I'm not saying like the older guys, like Blake Wheelers and the more mature guys aren't, mm-hmm. um, they're not like they're, they're mature for sure. But like a lot of these guys, like, you know, even in their early twenties are like, yeah, like they're kind of kids, like they're just hockey mm-hmm. guys. So it's right. like, you know, so you, you know, you kind of take it for what it is and you try to, you know, you try to see the youthfulness in them and, and gain kind of relationships and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's one of those things where you talk to a guy enough, eventually you kind of find a, a wavelength to connect to, but, yeah. you know, at 35 level. years old, there's not a lot of guys that like, you know, I have a lot of in common now that are like superstars in the NHL. Yeah. So it's weird. Well, I, I was pretty nervous uh, for this interview for the for the last month uh jr was talking about it and i said i don't know if i you know i don't know what i'm gonna ask him you know he's this big writer guy and and uh but now you you i'm very i'm very much comfortable and and uh you've, you've made me comfortable and and as I'm sure you do, this with, is the same uh, place for you, Mike. Eh? Mike, Mike this is the same on, place. Mike, go on, Mike. Keep, yeah, I thought on. you were just gonna, you know, I, I, you go off on uh, Hustler's show there, and 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 he revs you up, and I, I just didn't want that to happen here, and you, you rip us a, a new hole or whatever the kids say. These <laughs> yeah, days. yeah, I go, I go hammer time on you guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What was it, F.J. Hamilton or something like that? What was the... Uh, the, no, the F, F, I think it's F. Jamilton, F. but I could have that wrong. Yeah, he just, he, just, he just switches the letters of the first and last <laughs> Clever guy. Doesn't overcomplicate things. That's what I, yeah, is, is my there, kind of guy. Is there a favorite sport that you cover? <sighs> I love covering football. So, I, you know, I, I, you know, particularly like, you know, covering the CFL, it's just so many people want to talk about so many things, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. talk about the opportunity to gain relationships and, and talk about a league or whatever. That's, you know, it's the crazy football league for a reason, but the reason why I love covering football, you know, is that there's only one game a week. So every game is like, you know, if you win, things are great. If you lose, things are horrible, right? Because you work all week for one game and then, you know, you say certain things, you do certain things throughout that week. And if you don't deliver, you know, it's it's just, it's an easier game to cover. Whereas like, you know, hockey's great. It's, you know, I, I love hockey, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, you lost Tuesday. Well, actually you play tomorrow night. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of one thing to the next. I find, I find personally though, like even watching, Hockey beyond playoffs is probably one of the more boring sports to watch, you know, like it's just, you know, like it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's great games and there is like the games within the games and analytics is analytics has helped with it. And you kind of like, you know, you can kind of look at more specific areas, but just like, you know, when, when it comes to like covering stuff, I don't know. We, it's just, it seems so much slower than like basketball. Like I've covered a couple NBA games that have come here and like you sit, you sit, um, you know, center court essentially. And you, you know, you, you want, it's just, it just develops differently. It's a bit of a different style. Baseball is a bit different too. I don't mind. Like it's just, and, and this isn't like what my sports I like the most. I love hockey the most. It's just mm-hmm. when you actually have to write about a game and the developments of a, of a game, like, you know, football's kind of crazy. It's few games. Hockey's got so many, but even baseball, like there's one guy, the pitcher kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. And then and it's just, it's a bit of a different writing experience. And I read a lot and I love right. reading about other sports, baseball, mm-hmm. hockey, you know, whatever. And I find hockey to be a little bit of the most challenging to a write and read. Right. Is that because the other games, football, baseball, basketball 
are slower in speed, so it's harder to to capture the game by writing. Well, there's a bit more action in in the sense that, like, you know, it's great if they're if it, if it's a five four game, right? Or it goes into overtime or whatever. What happens if it's a one nothing game? And you got the same space to write about, you know what I mean? You're talking about a bunch of things that didn't happen, right? Like they didn't score on the power play opportunities they had. They didn't, they didn't do this. They didn't take advantage of this. They didn't do it. And then the guy scored, you know, two and a half minutes into overtime. Like you can fill space, but like, there's just more happening in say basketball, right? There's more happening. There's more momentum shifts, football, big plays change, like particularly in the CFL, like there's so many different comebacks. There's lots of scoring. So there's lots of action happening in that regard. And then baseball, same story, right? Like there's, yeah. you know, there are one nothing games, but then it's a pitcher's duel, right? And how many times did the pitcher strike this guy, this guy, this guy out, right? Where how many times can you say in hockey, a guy, you know, a goalie stop this save, this save, this save. It's, it doesn't really, doesn't really right. hit the same, right. you know? Right. So, would, would you say that you grew up watching all sports? Like, I think one of my uh, downfall, like, I, you know, I watch football, but I don't love it because I, I really don't understand all of the, the intricacies of the sport. So uh, is that something you have to taught yourself uh, later in life or you grew up watching all of these sports? So you, you understand them to the full effect. So I would say I knew general. Yeah. So I would say I watched most sports and I'd say that I knew the general rules of every sport. There are some things I didn't know, like when, like, for instance, like I used to go to all these bomber games because my dad was a corporate, his business was a corporate sponsor. And, and my, my brother and I used to run around and chase for those yellow, yellow pages balls. Pretty much we'd go there. My dad would be drinking on the, uh, on the East side and and he would, uh, you know, pretty much be using the game as an opportunity to babysit my brother and I, and we'd go chase footballs for, for hours. So we never even really watched the game. And then, and so we went to the Tuddy's game, but then when I started covering football, I realized I needed to do a crash course in the game. I didn't understand, you know, the schemes. I didn't understand the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the various positions and, and their responsibilities. Like I knew what linebackers were, obviously knew what the secondary was and stuff like that, but I didn't, didn't know the, the various intricacies, as you say, Mike, and, and nuances <laughs> of the game that I need to get a crash course on. And I remember because I took over the, the bombers beat in 2016 and uh, I had been, it, we had some move movements at, at Ed Tate, who's in the hall, you know, the Canadian football hall of fame for writing. He moved over to the bombers and all of a sudden this, this job opened up and I, my editor sat me down and asked me if I wanted, if I was interested in doing, you know, taking on the CFL beat. And at that point I didn't have a beat yet. And I was just like, absolutely. And then I realized I knew nothing about, like I knew the again the general rules of football and stuff, but I knew nothing about the game. And so I was going to it was at a three at a two week trip to Europe, and I remember studying CFL football in on on beaches in Nice, Italy, as I was there because I was coming back and covering midway through training oh. camp and was going to be the beat reporter that year. So, anyways, fast forward a couple of years, and I'm the president of the Football Reporters of Canada, and you know I, wow. I have a pretty good grasp on uh, <clears throat> pretty good grasp on the league. So it all worked okay. out. But yeah, it's just kind of teaching. That's one of the skills you got to have is just yeah. kind of like fake it till you make it, essentially. Well, you have to teach me something about the the CFL, and and I I even play hockey, and I don't even know anything about that sport. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, just, uh, well, you know, you can, you can, you can read me. I'll give you some, I'll give you some tips about, uh, I'll give you some tips about, uh, you know, the various roles, but you know what the thing is, is you kind of need, you don't need to know like all of them, but it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it just makes the game more enjoyable when you know more about it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Kind of yeah. critique it a bit, a bit different. Even uh, getting off topic still, but uh, playing softball, I uh, understood the game of baseball a lot more. And I fell in love with like Blue Jays baseball after playing totally. softball, you know, but I never watched baseball before. That was the most boring thing in the world. And, and then after being a star softball player, uh, <laughs> now retired, but free agent and, uh, and uh, how did you have an obvious see? transition yeah. to, exactly. to, to, to take exactly. it from, to take it from, yeah, from one to the other. Did you have any success recently in your softball playoffs? Not again, uh, getting so further we, off we lost in the semifinals. I, I'll just say one thing about baseball outside of softball is I got into watching Jays probably about, you know, when I was in university, when I was out in Ottawa, cause a bit, it was a bit more popular and I went to a few games. So you kind of got used, kind of got a little bit of an affinity for it, but I love listening to baseball. Oh, so like I have the MLB app and I just paid two ninety nine to get the broadcast radio broadcast to every game. So like sometimes I'll just turn a game on. I'll listen to it because I I appreciate how you fill space. Two dollars and ninety nine cents or two hundred and ninety nine dollars. Two dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah, not two hundred. You can buy a radio station for that. But uh, no. So this weekend softball. we did not do so I felt every last second of being 35 years old. We yeah. played, we played three games, uh, on the Saturday and like by the third game, you know, I could feel my knee hurting my quad and my hamstring on my left leg were, were, were shot. And I woke up the next morning and my whole knee was puffy. Oh. It was like swollen <laughs> and my hamstrings and my quad still hurt. And so I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. We have one extra guy. So he plays the first three innings. Like, I don't know if I can do this in the first game. And then I use this stick of CBD and mm-hmm. a five, three, five, and literally fixed it within 45 seconds of application. It was what? ridiculous. It was yeah. like my knee, my knee went down. I could like, I have a brace on my knee too. So that obviously helped. Um, but I just, my quad and my hamstring were fixed. It's this like roller thing. I like, so it was Ev, Ev had it, Ev had it in his, um, in his tickle trunk and, and his tickle trunk and his, you know, his, uh, his sister-in-law and, and like their family, they bought it too. It's like these deodorant sticks of like, that you have applicators they are hundred dollars each. Whoa. And I'm telling you, like, yeah. you know, it just took away the pain for the game. I was anyway. So that was my triumphant return to only to lose in the semifinals. Um, but it was fun. It was what a weekend as far as like weather. I mean, yeah, Holy smokes. How many, uh, how many bases did you steal this season or even in, in the playoffs? Cause I had my first home run this weekend. Oh, season because I'm lead off. I'm lead off. Yeah. So well, you're, I'm a, you're, you're I'm the fast, consist- you're a very fast runner. So I'm a consistent, yeah, I'm a kiss. I'm a consistent bat- batter. So like I usually get on. So like I, um, you can't steal on that. How many, how many do oh. I, how, how many do I extend? I thought, lots, well, back lots, in the day lots. in the Murray industrial park league, yeah, you were always pop one over bases. first and be on third, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Or just be, the, 
Just the rundowns. You would win. Oh, every yeah, yeah. Down. No, like, not nearly as aggressive. Not nearly oh, as aggressive as those yeah. days. I just don't have the same. You'd be on you'd be on first course. you'd be on first base and somehow you'd you'd get uh to home base and you someone just, would like, throw it, they'd bobble it, and I'd be halfway through. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't yeah. have that same uh elusiveness nor speed. But, uh, so a little bit of a different little bit of a different player, but still uh still as consistent as ever. <laughs> Beer leagues, what? Uh, beer leagues. Yeah. Well, also, I think you you played some beer league hockey as well, too. Oh man, yeah, I had to stop playing. I got too serious. You know, it became too competitive on a nightly basis. Um, <laughs> you got to work the next day. It became too. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing too about hockey is, man, like even softball. Like, so I played. You know, before we had playoffs, we play every Tuesday night, and like you just get in and like, holy man, like I mean, I try to. You know, I, I'm a regular stretcher. I, tr- you know, I'm a, I'm a somewhat active guy. And I am sore and hockey is like the whole new level, but it's just the other part too, is that like, I just get too competitive in hockey. So I find myself just getting a little bit like, you know, too competitive. So like, it's kind of those more organized, but this year I'm, so I'm, I'm not hanging the skates up, but I'm not playing goats this year. Um, because you know, goats being Mike's team. Yep. Uh, because it's just because I'm playing because I'm covering jets more this year. So I'm, I'm going on like, uh, I got like 12 road games. Yeah. Um, and I got, you know, I'll be at most, if not all doing so. games. So we had our first goats game, uh, last Saturday. It was an absolute cardiovascular. Eye oh opener. yeah. That's, that's uh, the other thing too. It's for not like, playing, not playing for like a year, uh, yeah. pretty well. You, you could taste steel in your, uh, oh, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Bleeding it, was, it from everywhere on the inside. Yeah. Why do we love hockey again? Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was fun. You know, but, like, uh, like, did I smoke a pack of cigarettes every day? Of the of, of COVID, especially <laughs> my lung capacity right now. <laughs> Good, yeah, that's the thing I'm not missing. I'm gonna probably see if I can get my uh, energy back up on the ODRs, and then you know maybe play yeah. one or two games. That's the ideal season for me. You were giving me the gears a bit before we we came on, and even when when we were in Montreal about how we could have a uh, Levy on two times, and you not on once. So we're, we're probably going to have to bring you back again because there's so much more that we can talk about. And we're, we're going to jump into the back nine lightning round pretty soon here. But my incredibly dumb is that, yeah. though? You even just said it out loud, right? Like, you know, when you say it out loud, it's just, it just sounds ridiculous. You know, and I, you got listeners on here being like, Levy who? You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, like, but, you know, I'm still, I saw, I saw to think for a second who you were talking about, despite going to his wedding what, another week and a bit. Yeah. I think we got to get the big cat and the hammer on at I the same time. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be must, uh, that'd be must listen to stuff. Yeah, that would be, that would definitely be a good episode. And uh, I know, well, covering, covering the jets, I know Mike, you had a a couple more questions in regards to that. Yeah. Well, I I mean, just listening to uh, Winnipeg sports talk with our friend hustler there uh, this week, you you had a good take on uh, where they got the, the mini camp going. They got uh, training camp starting this week and, really just an open question on what should we expect from the the jets this year? Oh man. I think like, this is like, I don't want to say this is the year because what does that mean? I mean, but it feels like the year. I mean, this is the, Mm -hmm. this is the, as as a complete team as the jets are going to have, um, 
for, I don't know, some time. I mean, they've addressed mm-hmm. the defense. I mean, they had the goaltending, obviously, in Connor Hellebuck. They have, you know, they have the offensive talent. Um, you know, I mean, their their top six is comparable to a lot of teams. Uh, they got some, you know, even some good guys on the bottom. Obviously, that that third line, you know, Sons, Tanev for a while now is still good. And, you know, and they, you know, they did lose Appleton that, that who filled his his position. So, they're you know, they, but there's Christian mm-hmm. Veselina and there's other options there for that line so man they're going to be good and then the defense the defense they just added two top four defensemen, you know and like yeah. the thing about brendan Dillon and nate schmidt is they're not getting any younger so you want to maximize these next you know at least couple seasons as they got you know i think three and four years on their their deals respectively there uh you want to maximize at least their next two so you know you start looking at like you know some of the prospects and on, on the team like the Vili hanelas and dylan sandberg's on defense they're probably not even going to get a sniff this year unless there's some significant injuries. So, right. Um, which is certainly possible, but you know, you go from a little bit of a, of an open tryout the last couple seasons on defense and a lot of, you know, you know, and to, to what you see this season and it's like, okay, this is about as competitive as this Winnipeg team's going to be. And they're going to have to be competitive because they're back in the central division and they're going to be playing Colorado, who is the, you know, hands down favorite to, to win the Stanley cup, you know, before the puck drops. So, you know, and the other thing too, and I think I mentioned this on Winnipeg sports talk was that um, there's not any, there's not as much drama going into this season, right? Like going into this training camp. Like, it's not like the question was, why didn't you address the defense last season? Right. Uh, the season before that was the Dustin Bufflin, you know, yeah. exit, how that kind of like, you know, Tyler Myers isn't here anymore. Ben Sherrod isn't here anymore. What do you mean? Dustin Bufflin isn't here anymore. So like, you know, and, and even in previous years, they've had holdouts, right. They've had contract stops. Like even Josh Morrissey, remember, like, you know, that yeah. seems so long ago now. Right. But like they kind of had things going into, whereas like this season, yes, COVID is there and that's going to be certainly a topic of conversation. Um, but ultimately, like the Jets are starting up there in that conversation as being a good team when you could look at them last season and particularly down the stretch. I mean, I know they got out of that first round, but, you know, leading into the playoffs, they did lose seven straight games at one point. Right. So, you know, they weren't that great of a team. And now, you know, flip the script and even getting even getting swept in, in Edmonton. You don't pick up those. You don't address those mm-hmm. two. Def- you don't address the, def- the defense. You don't pick up those two guys and we're going to, you know, Paul Maurice has already talked. It probably be brought up then, but ultimately the first day of training camp on Thursday, you know, I'm writing the main story. If they didn't address the, the, the defense, the question is, why didn't you address the defense? And are you guys good enough to win now that they did it's going in there and being like, how do you deal with the fact that you guys are, you know, being viewed as contenders? It's a completely <laughs> different, it's literally flipping the script based on those moves. So it's been, it's going to be unlike any other season and if you're a Jets fan I think you've got to be pretty uh pretty excited uh about what this team looks like at least on paper absolutely yeah how is your relationship with uh Paul it seems like you guys you 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 ask the tough questions but I think he appreciates it yeah you know what me and him have a good uh we have a good rapport we you know I don't know you know just it's it's over the years of um 
So over the years of covering the team, obviously, I think he, you know, I think he's, he's a Winnipeg guy, right? So like he lives here year round. I mean, he obviously goes home at certain points and stuff like that, but he's got his house here, his family's here, his kids go to school here. So, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming he reads the papers and stuff like that. And he kind of knows us and stuff. So I know he's appreciated some of my work in the past, um, you know, outside of jets too. And so, you know, there's that mutual respect there. I do ask the tough questions. I like, you know, sometimes I like to think I ask them with, you know, professionalism and stuff like that. And, you know, you ultimately piss off a guy enough times and they ultimately do kind of respect you. I'm not saying I've done that a lot of times, but I was the guy that, you know, it was misinterpreted, but Paul Maurice said he could make me cry in that fucking room. When I, you know, when I asked him about leadership and, you know, who was, who, you know, who's accountable for what and stuff like that, you know? So like you have those kind of moments with a guy. And, and the other thing too, is Paul Maurice is a, you know, like, you know, people question his ability to coach and all that. And, you know, that's all, you know, well, well to do. I, I, you know, I'd never challenge an opinion personally. I don't know if he's a great coach, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, I, you know, you look at the, the, the amount of losses that you look at how long he's been in the league. You look at the respect he has from his, from his players. Like there's a lot of different things that you can point to, um, you know, and, 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 and say whether or not he's a good or bad coach. A lot of people look at, you know, systems and stuff like that and look at the struggles the jets have had on defense in the past and they point to coaching and that's all valid stuff. But Paul Maurice is a very nice individual. Um, you know, I think he makes an effort to, you know, kind of get to know media. And I think that's to his benefit, you know, like I, you know, we'll tear him if we have to, but I think you have that mutual respect. It's a little bit, you know, it happens less and that's not by, you know, by no, um, it's no surprise on that, but so, yeah, but as far as our relationship, we've had, you know, I've had those moments and they've just kind of grown. Even when I stopped covering the team, he's always made an effort when I show up, I haven't been there in like a couple months and he'll be like, where are you? And I think I said, <laughs> to him, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I figured if Bufflin could take a break, so could I, like, you know, just kind of like those <laughs> right, comments, right, you know, right. just kind of, just, they, they land, right. You take those risks yeah, and yeah. You know, they land and yeah, you just, yeah, you just treat them like regular people. Right. The other question I had about the Jets, and uh, you mentioned, uh, well, it was it was in one of your articles about uh, Evgeny Svechnikov, mm-hmm. and you uh, you said you were five eight, but you write like you're five twelve, Jeff. I got to say that, but uh, <laughs> it was you. a great little article on uh, Svechnikov, and I didn't really know, you know, he just got picked up. Do you think you think he can crack the lineup, or do you think he'll be a bottom six forward this year? So here's the thing. So before you, before I answer that, it's so funny. I met the, so we had an intern, a sports intern, the same internship that I had in 2012. I didn't meet him all year because I'm never in the office when he was, we're always out on assignments, yada, yada. Well, I'm in the office today and I meet him for the first time. I just see this guy. I don't know who he is. I like whatever. Cause his, you know, he's not a columnist. So his picture's not in the paper. I don't remember seeing a picture of him. I, I knew his name because I saw his byline, but I introduced myself to this guy in the newsroom because he's new and whether he was here for an internship anyways, it's this guy, this intern, his name's Joseph. And he, you know, we're talking, we have good conversation. And then he's like, we, we wrap it. I said, well, it's nice to meet you, man. And then the last thing he says to me is, Hey man, from reading you, I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> I was just like, he's like young too. And I was just like, thanks man. You know, like, you know, like, good one, you know, like, and then I think I said something stupid, like, Oh no, I just write like I'm bigger. Um, and so anyway, anyways, so the, uh, I don't even remember what the second part, was. I think that's just an answer in yeah. itself. I don't know. We don't, it was about fetch, fetch. No, off, sorry. So I yeah. I really so wanted like, to yeah. just slide in that. No. Uh, so yeah. That's the, yeah. Yeah. No. And you know what? He's an 
interesting story. He's on a minor league deal, but he's on that deal, I think, because, well, he is on that deal because the Jets literally have no cap space. So they need to figure out money there. You know, I mean, I, he obviously has to show well. He's in a he's in a weird age where he's 24 years old. He's a former first round pick. He's not too young or he's not too old, obviously, but he's not young enough where like he kind of has to like this year and next year to figure it out. Once you start hitting 26 and you haven't hit the NHL, it's not saying it's impossible, but the odds, like even the odds now, like, and he has been in the NHL, he played 21 games with the Detroit Red Wings last year. So it wasn't like right. he didn't play in the NHL last season, but um, you know, he's an interesting case because I, you know, he'll get an opportunity in the bottom six. I don't see him as a top six option, even if he's, you know, even if he's like a filler as far as like, you know, he's got that rapport with Pierre-Luc Dubois. They played junior together on the same line. And I, you know, I don't think that translates to anything. And, uh, but I do think he, you know, he's Russian. He's got a good, he's got a good touch around the net but he also brings a physicality that the jets need in that bottom six that I think they're void of, you know, like a real kind of physical power forward game. And yeah. if he can show well at camp, I mean, there's certainly a, there's certainly potential for him to sign a two way deal, but if he can show well at camp, um, you know, whether or not, like, I don't think he's not penciled in, you know, on that depth chart to be on the fourth line even mm-hmm. right now, but he's probably an injury or two away from getting in the lineup. So, uh, or could, I mean, who knows? We'll see how he can do but he's obviously got a leg up in the fact that he's that he's you know he's got experience he you know he's been a high draft pick at least give he'll at least get a shot kind of so we'll see what happens right but yeah well that must be pretty- must be tough for him uh, you know coming from you know traditionally uh having experience in a in a scoring position probably in the top six kind of forwards and now he's working for this position in in the top or sorry, the bottom six as a, a checking forward. And I was curious if you had any experience uh, being in that, in that checking role as a, as a hockey player. You know, it's funny you asked that because I did, I did kind of fluctuate into like when I played Canucks and then this is kind of like a whatever, but um you know, I went from like a, like I, I became like a power play guy to like a penny penalty killer. <laughs> so I became like a bit of defensively. And by the end, by the end of, but so like, I kind of rounded out early. I kind of find my, found my place and not the checking line. I was always a scorer, but I, I, I but I would be used like first guy off the bench uh, penalty killing every, you know right. what I mean? And, and became a bit of an identity in my second year. And by fourth year, I was doing all of the stuff. So like, wow. um, but it would be more or less like, a, you know, I, I felt like the defensive side of the game, as far as like the NHL level, like, I mean, here's the thing. And, and Sheshnikov's kind of ha- is kind of caught in that in between where like the AHL success doesn't translate to NHL success. It's a completely different game. They might use this. They might practice the same systems they do for the most part, like Detroit, he played for grand Rapids, uh, like with, with the case with the moose and the jets, the moose employ the jet systems so that when those guys get called up, they're familiar with the system that they're, they're employing. So, you know, but Shashikov's played it kind of like he he's not a point per game guy in the AHL, but he's pretty close. So he's played up there. That won't try like he ain't good enough. He doesn't have the finish 
to be in a top right. six. And I think he understands and knows that like, if he can actually, like it's almost kind of one of those things, if he can play that and he does play the heavier game, like he's not just a pure skill guy in the AHL. Like he's, he, he is that kind of all around or all around power forward. So right. that's kind of the role that, that does, like you also kind of have to play to what the opportunity is. You know what I mean? Like he, he's playing, like he probably, he's probably looking at the lineup right now and going, looking at that bottom six and going, okay, yeah. Okay. Christian vessel line in, or, um, is probably penciled in right now on that third line, but wow, if I could get to that position, you know, I look at Mason Appleton, he just got selected by, um, by Seattle. Look at, look at Brandon Tanner before him. He signed a, a multi-year deal with, with Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, Adam Lowry and, and Andrew Cobb just signed, uh, you know, just got raises and in, in their deals. Like, you know, he, he's looking at that spot and thinking, okay, if I can piggyback off that or one of those three spots on the fourth line and see what happens. I mean, that's, I think the approach he needs to take because yes, he's a first round pick, but you know, it's you're now he's ultimately played seven seasons. Yeah. You know what I mean, like this is his seventh season of pro hockey and you know, it I, may not, I, it may not. I work. get a, I get a Svechnikov jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, that would, it, it, it would certainly be a conversation starter, both in games and anywhere else. Anybody ever saw it. Uh, that would be, that would be a benefit too. But yeah, if, hey, hey, maybe you buy it. He sees that in the stands and that's enough. Maybe you know, yeah. that's enough for him to, you know, find that oh, next wow. gear. And he's on the, he's on the second line. All of a sudden he's, he's like, you know, he's, he's suggesting that it was you wearing that Jersey that got him there. And you guys are friends for life. I, I, I look forward to that. There you go. You just have to go down and warm up or get the seats up close. One of the two. Yeah. We got some really throw them off and warm up. Be like, who is this guy? And why is he wearing my Jersey? <laughs> Show up at the, uh, the ice plex in the parking lot after, uh, uh, the uh, spring training there. What do we call this? Not spring training. Training camp. Training, training camp. camp. Spring training. Camp. Camp. Anyways, I don't know anything about hockey. Jr. Ball let's training. Uh, ball training. We'll, we'll we'll move away from that and we'll we'll jump into the the back nine lightning round, Mike. If you got your your papers ready, and the back nine lightning round is driven by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. You can check them out winnipegdodge.com. The Jets have been checking them out, so you can check out Wilkie too. They're different. They are. And uh, Brendan Dillon, as you mentioned, yep. picked up another Grand Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, no inventory for myself or JR, but uh, lots of inventory <laughs> for the Jets. <laughs> Just kidding. They have inventory they for do. everyone. That's right. They do not discriminate. No. I like a nice Wagoneer and then get like a wood grain wrap on it. <laughs> Just like <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> All right, J-Ham, back nine lightning round. Uh, As we've been talking, I've totally X'd out what my usual back nine lightning round is because it's it's, it's all about golf. And uh, I I, I modified back nine. Modified, modified slightly. We might get some some golf questions in here. But the first one you mentioned, you got an award for the the CBC radio documentary. And I was curious what that documentary was about. Uh, That documentary was about um, the capital city condors. It was a, it was a hockey team. It was a hockey team, a young hockey team, mixed ages between six and, and 18. And they were, they were, they were uh, a hockey team of mental and physical disabilities. 
Okay. So, you know, what one, you know, one, one player had down syndrome, another player, it was all you had, there was, it, it was, it was, um, intellectual disabilities with some had physical disabilities. So we, ultimately was a hockey team for kids who would have grown up with no opportunity to play organized. Right. Sport Can we find class. this uh, piece? Yeah, they're somewhere? massive. So here's the thing. So I'll kind of get into it. If you got, if, if you'll bear with me, I won't go too, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but they, um, so the story that I end up getting, this actually ultimately launched my career was this guy ended up giving me the opportunity asking if I want to do a radio documentary on this. And I said, absolutely. I had no idea how to do a radio documentary. So he ended up walking me through it clear and clear beyond the reporting part. It was all the producing that he helped me anyways, capital city Connor. So th- th- this, this team of uh, mental and physical disabilities uh, players, and there was a team in the, in the West, and then they formed a team in the East. And this was the first game that wow. they were going to play against each other. So ultimately I show up at this place and I'm just, man, I was just so moved by these families and these kids. I started talking to some of these kids, um, you know, with the help of their parents and whatnot. And, and, you know, kind of just explaining why I was there. And these kids were like coming up and they were like wanting to do like hockey night in Canada. So I did a whole <laughs> bunch of interviews with kids that I just, some of which I couldn't use, obviously, like I ended up doing like 10 or 15 interviews with these kids and, um, and only could use a, you know, a few here for what would end up being like an eight or nine minute radio doc, which is actually quite long for radio. Um, and, uh, but, but then I, then as the kids were on the ice, I went and interviewed the parents and the parents, man, I had dads who were just like puddles, mm-hmm. like absolute, like tears flowing that they never imagined when their kid was, you know, born with whatever he was or, or she was born with, um, would ever imagine being in the stands playing a hockey game and just the emotion and, and raw emotion and, um, by these parents and, and just the, the absolute joy from these kids. And then obviously talking to organizers and whatever, it just turned into this like insane, um, radio documentary that I had as, as a student. And then I produced it for CBC. I produced it for CBC. And then I entered a bunch of like student awards and journalism awards. I ended up getting uh, a couple of them. So very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully we can check that out somewhere. Yeah, I, I can, I'll see if I can get you a link. It's a great, it's a great story. And now, so anyway, so these capital city condors, this was their first game. So this was in like 2012 and fast forward nine years, they're sponsored by like the Ottawa senators, like the senators oh, show, yeah, like wow. they have like yeah. ambassadors there. Like they're like a nice. massive organization. If you Google capital city condors and just, uh, Jim Perkins, I believe is the man's name. Um, who was running it. And I imagine still is, uh, you know, I, I, I had an opportunity to, 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 to cover their first game and now they have like a, essentially a league. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a massive program. And I said, associated with, with, uh, with the Ottawa senators and, and the greater, the greater community They're they're, wow. they're strong as they're strong as ever. It's massive. Yeah. Very it's cool. Always, That's always, awesome. I always see them when I recover a sends game, a jet sends wow. game in Ottawa. I always, they always, they're always like represented at some point. It's, it's, uh, it's cool to see. Very cool. Wow. I didn't know. So awesome. That's uh yeah, very touching story that I uh, I look forward to. Yeah, big listening. big one from his back nine set <laughs> I know. Wow, he really yeah. hit hit hard on the first one. Uh getting lightening up a little bit. The big story about the uh bombers recently, however they are they've been winning, which is great. Uh but 
they're looking for a kicker uh, or, or sorry, not looking for one, but they've had some struggles in their kicking department. And uh, you as a soccer player, do you think that you could, you know, consistently hit a field goal or how, and then the second to that is how far of a, a field goal do you think you could hit? I'd be lying to you if I didn't with all these kicker struggles happening with the bombers and really across the CFL, it's not even like a Winnipeg thing. It's like, seems because everybody kind of cheaped out on their kickers or used like their global player that they needed to, to be a kicker or, um, or just, you know, just didn't, didn't spend a bunch of money. So it just ultimately led to, to a drop in, in whatever, but particularly here in Winnipeg, like I said, I'd be lying if I didn't think, not that obviously I could kick for the bombers, but like how, how far could I kick? Like how far? And, and so like, I, I mean, I think, and this would, this would involve, like, it wouldn't be one of those things where it'd be like, okay, go out on the field right now, you know, step back three hits and see what you could get. If you gave me like a week of like, stretching and just making sure that like whatever I think I could probably hit a 40 yarder mm-hmm. yeah like and again wow. I mean I wouldn't be you know you wouldn't be putting me in you know there in the you know the, with the clocks at zero whatever consistently I mean it might right. take me a while but with I a bunch I, of I large men running to 40 you. what so sorry just with a bunch of large men running towards you that could make oh yeah there would be absolutely too. no game simulation and in, 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 uh, in this prediction this is <laughs> well, this that's is interesting not, this is not under real under real uh, uh, circumstances how many yards is a field goal forgive my uh, uh, ignorance how many points or yards? how many yards for, how extra, far, for like a single how, co- convert yeah 32. how far is it 32. Okay. Sorry. And, uh, well, yeah, we'll have to test that out. We'll have to go to, go to the field. That'd be fun. So that would be my, my suggestion is eight yards deeper. I could go. So I, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, but I mean, I don't know. You start get, kicking up. I haven't kicked a, I can't remember the last time I kicked a football. So I don't even have a gauge of like, you know, but, uh, couldn't be much worse than the bombers. Well, that's good. Well, I could I go, hey, hey, hope. if you ask, hey, if you would have put me out there, I could have gone maybe over three two. Right. So, like, <laughs> if my stat line was the same, you know, it would, you know, it, it, it would be like, you know, what it wouldn't be worse. So yeah, and I think maybe I hit that twenty eight. Maybe I fluke out and hit that twenty eight. I'm just saying, like it's. I think yeah. you could have got one at least, yeah. Um, moving on here, uh, back to the Winnipeg free press bio that I read when you're not on the clock, uh, you're, you're, you're doing the Netflix and I'm curious, uh, watched any good shows lately. So, you know how, like I read this on a meme or something that if you like, if you watch the same show all the time, like you just kind of rewatch the same show. It has, there's like some kind of psychological thing of like oh, yeah. familiarity. I don't know if it's like an anxiety thing or whatever, <laughs> but I find myself rewatching Superstore. Have you ever watched Superstore? Yeah, I, mean, I have. Yeah. I find it hilarious. It's just, and it's more background stuff, right? Like I'll I can work with a show in the background. So I've been watching lots of that. I watched the office continuously. I probably have watched the office from start to finish a hundred times. Um, I, but, but like the newer stuff, I haven't watched some of the, so I watched Malice in the Palace, like some of those untold stories. I haven't watched the hockey one, which I heard is amazing. I forget what it's called. It's like, um, mm-hmm. you guys heard of that, that one? Uh, no. Oh no. Okay. So it's, uh, 
Yeah, I've been getting gears from that. It's like the Untold series. They're all sports. It's like the one where the guy's like the son's like a mafia. The dad's a mafia boss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The son's like 18 years old. The, and buys him this team. Like the Trashers. In the NHL play. Pardon? It's uh, the Trashers. The team's name yeah, is the Trashers. Yeah, the trashers but it's like two names or something. Like two words is like the title of the name. It's like beer and popcorn or something. Like I, don't, <laughs> I forget what it is, but uh, I haven't seen that one. I tried to get into the F1 series. Right. And I couldn't really get past the second episode. So like, I hear that one's really good. So maybe I'll give that one a retry, but like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like I'm thinking about like ones I've watched recently. I'm a big Bo Burnham fan. Um, I thought his inside was pretty good. His new one. Um, he's kind of a comedy slash talent guy. If you don't know who Bo Burnham is, if you haven't watched any of his stuff, go watch it. Yeah. Uh, kind of thinking about other series I've watched or what's kind of been like, out there, but no, I, I find myself watching a lot of the same stuff that I've, that I kind of always watch. I just, for sure. Yeah. 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 I just got into the, some of the Norm McDonald. Yeah. Man, I've gone down that so. rabbit hole of like, yeah, yeah. Whether that's on Netflix or you, I have a YouTube premium. Um, description. Yeah. I actually, wow. yeah, it's a, it's a life changer and it's, and the beauty is I don't even pay for it. It's my, uh, I'm like the fifth person on my, my sister and John's, uh, family deal like they have a family of four and they get yes. five so they said do you want this because they got my game my game shout out to them yeah no uh youtube certainly asks me every time i log in if i want to get premium and i say oh no. just not watching ads like you don't think it's a big deal until you start watching a ton of stuff on youtube and it's like you're just watching yeah all right, Jeff, uh, we've been talking a lot about not golf. So we'll throw in one golf question here. Mm-hmm. What would be your most memorable golf course that you've ever played or memorable golf experience? So this isn't going to be a barn burner, but I, I've played because <laughs> I've only played a handful of courses. I've seen a lot of courses, but playing, I've never played in a course like outside of Manitoba. So like, I don't have that, but the one that I do that I'll always, I have, I've golfed a handful of times. It just seems to be the one that I go for family stuff for tournaments in some cases, clear Lake. So it's mm. just like, you know, it's just one of those where I have a family that's got a cabin up there and, um, usually do <clears throat> didn't do it this summer, unfortunately, but you know, for most summers would, would golf up there. Obviously there's some memorable holes. Um, and, mm. uh, yeah probably would be my, my go-to. I think, I think Mike's the president of Clear Lake, aren't you, Mike? <laughs> uh, a little bit, more like a, the, uh, the, uh, the travel uh, guide of Clear right. Lake, unofficially. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, unbelievable place. Love the Clear Lake golf course. Uh, certainly a uh, top three uh, in Manitoba on my list, probably top, top one, but I haven't played a couple of them, but uh that's a, that's a great answer, Jeff. So there you go. yeah, there you go. Golf knowledge. There you go. By what experience your leg, what a blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you, you know, you've only played in Manitoba. Do you have a bucket list course that you'd, you'd love to get out to that you've heard? You of? know what I would be on my list, man. And I've, 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 
driven it in a cart. I've, I've walked it many times. I've never played St. Chuck's and like, I grew up in Westwood. I've been there for weddings. I've, you know, my brother worked in the pro shop. He's golfed it. <laughs> um, but I've never golfed it. And so like, you know, to put it, say, say bucket list. I mean, yeah, maybe I just think it would be more or less like one of those courses here that I've just know a lot about. Right. I've seen how nice it is. Like I said, I've walked it many times for tournaments. I've walked it or I've, I've been there for weddings. As I mentioned, I've interviewed, like, I remember you interviewing Brooke Henderson there, uh, like <laughs> two summers ago, like, you know what I mean? Like just going to St. Chuck's St. Charles, uh, golf and country club. Like I said, my parents grew up uh, my, my grew up, sorry. Um, my childhood home was on golf, which is not far from country club, which is ultimately yeah. the thing that drives into St. Chuck's. So I'm in and around the area. So anyways, I would say that yeah. would be if I had to pick one course to play and obviously it's a fantastic course. So, yeah, um, no, yeah, absolutely. There's so much history there and especially uh, growing up, you know, so close to St. Charles and uh, it's so prestigious. My grandpa was a member there for 20 years. So, yeah. you know, you like, yeah. So. Uh, JR and myself only got to play it this year for the first mm -hmm. time. And oh, right on. Thanks to the pod and, and Rodney, Rodney Olofsson. Yeah, so he got oh, us there on. You go. So, How was it? Oh, it was absolutely uh, amazing. Yeah. It was, it was immaculate and uh, it was everything. Yeah, that's the it, thing. it just looks lived so up to the hype. So nice. Yeah. It's just well, yeah. such well-groomed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course. I'll, yeah. A lot absolutely. of four putts. <laughs> so many four putts. <laughs> so many four putts. <laughs> Jeff, do you got a career low round? I don't know. Uh, so I remember, so again, I remember I broke 90 for the first time this year. Hey, nice. Yeah. So I got 89. So it wasn't, you know what I mean? So it was, uh, and I, here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an honest golfer. Like if I lose a ball, I'm not, you know, yeah, I might take a mulligan, yeah. maybe one every, you know, every nine holes kind of only when you kind of duff that one drive that you're just like, okay, let me just pull this ball out. So, yeah. um, but even on that, that round, um, it was just a Kingswood. Um, but it, I remember that round. It was like, I remember cause I, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't take any mulligans that round. I was feeling pretty good concerned. I've never broken 90 at that point, um, but I wasn't hundred percent sure either. And we didn't count it up at nine. And then when we added up, it was like, Oh wow. I was like, okay, I broke 90. And then I realized nice. it was the first time ever. <laughs> well, well, Kingswood can be very challenging. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's yeah. challenging, but it's also wide open in a lot of ways too. So it kind yeah. of works yeah. with you too. Yeah. yeah. It's long and there's some, there's some river there too. So I'm actually playing Kingswood tomorrow. Uh, oh but, yeah. It's supposed uh, to be beautiful tomorrow. Yeah. Should be fun. Should be fun. But, uh, I want to get back to sports world here. Mm -hmm. Uh, you've, you know, you've obviously traveled to a few NHL arenas. Um, I'm not sure how, how many uh, we can, that's, I guess the first 26, you have 26. Wow. That's yeah, 26 uh, out of 31. How many, I guess, how many, yeah. Well, do the math. Five I haven't been to five are Vegas, uh, Washington, Boston, Arizona, and Columbus. And Seattle. Mm. And Seattle. Sorry. So I'd be 20. Yeah, in Seattle. So yeah, Seattle. Right. Well, that would be that's awesome. Right. I mean, I didn't realize you had traveled to so many arenas. So I guess what would be your 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 favorite uh, arena to your most favorite arena to visit? So a couple of different ones. The answer is Philly. Because yeah. Philly's just like it's next level. Um 
animosity i would say <laughs> like it's yeah. just like you can it's palpable you can feel it like it's the first arena that i've been to that i've been to where it was like i don't think it'd be a good idea to wear the other team's jersey here <laughs> yeah you know i was gonna I mean? ask you do you think you know, i like wear a the, jets and jersey and, and, the, and the funny thing was i've been there twice and the first time i felt that it was a day game and it was like not only just a day game it was like american thanksgiving it was like 11 a.m and i remember looking around there was no so there was no jets game jets jerseys in the bowl but then there was an entire suite of jets jerseys and they were there for a wedding they're a bunch of whip taggers or whatever they all had jets jerseys on but everywhere else nothing and i could you could just feel it like you could feel it Mm. um but there's no denying, you know, United Center in Chicago for the anthem. There's no, it's second to none when it comes to the anthem. Like the first time you hear it in person, it just like your heart just shakes because the building's shaking. The Bell Center in Montreal is next level. Um, you can just feel the history there and everybody watches the puck. They're like, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, you can just feel it. The players know it. Everyone knows it. And, and you're a Habs fan. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Oh. Like I kind of, kind of was the team that I was into. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't cheer for anybody or like whatever, okay. but I, but before, like, you know, before getting into it, like we'd go to a Habs game every year and whatever, just kind of, that was, you know, like, I mean, I wouldn't say like a poser Habs fan, but like, as soon as it became like, you know, covering them, it was a lot more or less. Again, I kind of had fallen out a little bit, even though I was in Ottawa, I actually went to a fair amount of Habs games during my four years at university, but I was never like one of those guys that, um, actually I did have a Jersey. So I guess I, <laughs> but I got it for, uh, I got it for Christmas. No name on it. So it was just like, you know, not my own, obviously. Any, uh, uh any other notable mentions beyond, on the bell center or uh yeah there's <sighs> what about madison square garden you know i, I, oh, I that yeah that one's crazy that one's that one's just got it like because you you go like you're in a building you go up an elevator it's like a certain floor you get out on and it's just a yeah. very like unique like it doesn't look like a rink right like it almost kind of looks like a. <laughs> it's like on the fifth floor like yeah, it's upstairs fifth, exactly like, and like you get off stupid. And also, you're just like oh i'm in a national <laughs> hockey league arena in downtown new york you know yeah like, so that's certainly cool nashville's an absolute blast probably the best city to go to and uh mm, in the entire uh, NHL circuit. i haven't I think- been to vegas um Oh, yeah. So that might, that might uh, trump it, but yeah. Nashville, like, so here's the thing. And this is the interesting thing about the jets this year. And I think they're, they're figuring out the jets just got the lasers, eh? Like, yes. so they, they're yeah. going to have those things. So like, welcome to the party, right? Like, so that just speaks to like how little they had to do to fill the seats. And mm-hmm. now like you, like, and that's the thing about going to all these places where yes, hockey is, growing in a lot of these U S markets or already established, but a lot of these other places also put an entertainment value on. Right. right. So there's like, you know, Nashville has live music throughout the game. You know what I mean? Like they, (laughs) they have, you know, like it's just all these different places to sell the game to people. They have to do more. And now the jets Mm -hmm. find themselves in a similar situation where they don't have sellouts anymore. They don't have, you know, thousands of people in a, you know, paying $50 a year for, you know, to wait for it. Those people are have all been offered their season tickets. Right. Um, and so they still haven't sold out. So, so they're, they're now kind of having to reinvest a little bit more in the, the entertainment product, uh, you know, beyond just, uh, the on ice product. That's great. No, that's as they should. I think a big uh, want from fans was in game production and, uh, uh, you know, and, 
now, absolutely. Now, hopefully, hopefully we'll see that this season. Um, uh, let's get into it here. Our, our flagship question nice. of the back nine lightning round. What is your favorite condiment? Dijon mustard. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. I think we've had a few mustard, but not nothing strictly no. just straight Dijon. Do you have like a brand? Like we talked a little bit about uh, Smith Dab. They're, they're French's. French's. Right. I don't have like a maybe a necessarily go to. Like I do. I think it might be Kraft, but I think it might be like a different. Like I don't know. St- like here, do you want me to go look at it? <laughs> <laughs> have it in my fridge. So I want. I feel like I shouldn't be wrong with it, but I think it's one of those things where it's. Yeah, I don't know. D- Dijon mustard, whether it, I don't care what brand yeah. it is. Oh, that's uh, good. It's not too spicy because there's a spicy Dijon. What, what are you, what are you doing with the Dijon? You, is that a big sandwich condiment? You're, are you putting oh, it's it on a your big condiment for dog sandwiches for me? Breakfast what? sandwiches. Yeah. So like, so what is absolutely. So like, Game so changer. I stole, I stole that from, uh, who did I steal it from? Oh, uh, what's, um, Salisbury house does it on their nips. Oh, I put Dijon okay. mustard on. So that's like their hidden kind of like ingredient there. That's the difference. I put it on my nips too. So, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So they, so yeah, like I, I would say that, but also big, big, like I don't put ketchup on hot dogs, you know, like Dijon speaks yeah, for no. itself. I'm yeah. not going to complicate things. Um, so I would just say, yeah, I'd say that would be more or less like the two big things that I would use. If I'm a, I love hot dogs. Um, I try to make, you know, my gourmet style ones or whatever, but just uh, that's kind of my, my kryptonite. I wouldn't say I have them tons, but I just love hot dogs. What about, what about the uh, Chicago hot dog? I'm sure you've, have you enjoyed that with the pickles, the tomatoes? And so like the, I was just, gonna, I was and... just going to say I'm a big pickle on, on hot dog guy. So, yeah. you know, so yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've had that, you know, Chicago, we could talk a ton of things about Chicago. Yeah. Blues, well, like next next dog, episode. Next one. That's yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, we, we but yeah no, I would it. say Dijon mustard rules. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's, there you have it, JR. Dijon mustard. I think that's the first for the board and what that's a pretty darn good answer. Yeah, that is. Especially when you consider the breakfast sandwiches and then yeah. adding pickles well, on, on just about everything too. That's impressive. I think that's the first yeah, for that as well. And that was the back nine lightning round for Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park, winnipegdodge.com. And they are different and Hammer's different. as We like to know JM, Hammy. Appreciate you coming on the show, taking the time for us. We're going to hook you up with a DQ cake from DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville and DQ St. Anne's Road, better known as the Nick and Nikki group of DQs. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Thanks again. We'll have to get you back on so you can... Uh, talk shit to levy to say hey i've been oh. on twice on 18 over par yeah absolutely guys i mean i think that's more or less your priorities on your side you guys got to figure out how, how serious you want to get about this thing you know what i mean if you just want to you want to crater things in plateau keep doing that but i mean otherwise let's uh, let's grow a little bit no just kidding love levy but we'd battle him 100 percent if he came on here which i'm sure is uh, yeah, i bet you would hey, i appreciate coming on guys that was uh, a lot of fun yeah. and before you go before you go oh, yeah What's your, uh, what would be your favorite DQ blizzard? You know what, man? You know what? I, 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 I'm a big Reese's Reese's guy, like Reese's peanut butter cups. So like they have this one that has like that with fudge and like peanut butter and whatever. It's like they're, I forget. I think it might be, there's definitely Reese in there. I think it's like a Reese's Mm -hmm. something, caramel, something, whatever. Um, love that one, but I'm also very traditional, I love, I would, I don't like Oreos by themselves. 
<laughs> but you put Oreos in ice cream and it's just like, it just changes things. So like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I can understand that. Yeah. Those would be my two, uh, my two wow. go-tos. My Good two answer. Go-tos for sure. That is Absolutely. a great answer. Oh, now Nick knows. <laughs> now Nick knows. Yeah. Oh, Nick knows. Oh, Nick knows. I'm also the kind of guy that like, I'm a, I'm a bad, like I'm a bad ice cream guy. Like I, if I have six, like you wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past me to have three buster bars in an evening where it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, you're like, I can't keep them in my fridge freezer. Like I just, when people right. bring them over, I go, you take these with you because I'll have one or two of them tonight. <laughs> Literally back to back. It's just a, nice. it's a problem guys. So any uh, pickles on those or no? Yeah. No, but you know, <laughs> before or after, it would work. <laughs> yeah. right. right on. Thanks Good again, answers. Man. You uh, you have yourself a, a wonderful night, and uh, we'll talk with you guys next time. Bye bye. Thank you. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. You're late for your tea time, as per usual. It's 12.12, but you wouldn't know. The clock in your piece of shit ride just blinks eights at you. It's embarrassing. You find the parking stall the farthest away from the clubhouse. It can't be seen in your shitbox. You know you're going to play awful because you feel awful. Your car doesn't match that swagger buried deep down inside. That golfing champion waiting to be unleashed. Ding. Your bumper hits the concrete as you accidentally sit on it while putting on your golf shoes. You smile. Because tomorrow, you're going to see Jamie Wilkie at the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. The front doors will open like the Azalea Line gates at Augusta. You'll ask for the best-looking guy there. You'll find the former amateur champ, Jamie Wilkie, staring back at you. You hand over your money. Your new ride glistens as it pulls out of the dealership. Then Jamie approaches and whispers in your ear, Son, next week, I'm taking you golfing at Breezy Bend. I'll show you a thing or two. You smile again, as now your golf game will look... And feel as good as your new ride. Improve your ride and your drive with Jamie Wilkie at the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. WinnipegDodge.com JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in, food f- in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats. <laughs>